Hi, this is Tom Pizzotto. And Dan Silvestri. Join us as we're cracking the code of spy movies. Check us out at our website, spymovienavigator.com. Please subscribe to our show through your favorite podcast app. Now we're going to start releasing these Cracking the Code of Spy Movies quickfire episodes shortly after we see a new spy movie. We'll still focus on the interrelationships that happen between the new film and prior movies, as well as real-life events. So let's look at the November 2019 release of the movie Charlie's Angels. Now this one's a bit interesting for us, as we wouldn't have examined the earlier Charlie's Angels movies from the early 2000s because they advertised themselves as a detective movie. The marketing around this version in 2019 was heavily around calling these women spies. Yeah, and I wish they would have called them detectives again, because then we wouldn't have seen this movie. <laughs> well, come on, Dan. You've already seen the movie, as we're going to get into in a minute. All right. Right. Now, the, the beginning of this actually hammers home a girl power theme. This was written, produced, directed, and acted by Elizabeth Banks, and she really took this towards this whole girl power thing. And that might be a potential reason why the box office for the opening week was considered a flop, at least according to Elizabeth Banks. We're going to talk more about the box office a little bit later, but this girl power theme runs throughout the movie. Yeah, like Tom's saying, uh, there, there is a pre-title sequence, of course, because it's popular in other spy movies. And quite frankly, my opinion is, if you've seen other spy movies, you've seen this movie. Anyway, uh, there is a pre-title sequence where they show how strong these women are and how they could just beat the hell out of uh, evil men, which... You know is is important in this movie and just the plot line so you know what the movie's about it, it involves an energy system called callisto that can bring clean energy to the world but elena one of the main characters the key programmer for this program callisto she thinks there's a flaw in in the programming and that callisto could be weaponized and used to assassinate people by disrupting the neural network of a person's body and that it could be triggered remotely. So that's what the movie's about. And it really, that theme there really reminded me of Mission Impossible 2. You had the Chimera virus yeah. that was actually created to create a virus so that the anecdote that they had already created, Bellerfon, could actually be sold. And that thing went and it would, this virus would take over people and end up eventually killing them. They had the antidote and there were people trying to stop the antidote from happening. Yeah, there's a lot of things in this film that you have seen in other spy films. Or from other real-life things, like the yes. main adversary's name. Yeah. In the beginning of the movie, the main adversary is the boss. What's his name, Dan? Peter Fleming. Oh, let's see. Where might Peter we have heard Fleming. that before? Now, we've all heard of Fleming, I'm sure. Ian Fleming, of course, who wrote all the Bond novels. His brother, actually, was Peter Fleming. So, okay. Is that a little homage to our, yeah. our great friend, Ian Fleming? Yeah, I guess it's an homage to him. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Okay, I didn't look at it as an homage. I looked at it as a cheap little way out of... I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm going to look at it with a positive light That's and say good. that was they were pay, giving him credit. And I'd agree with you, except then we'd both be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now, this... <laughs> This movie, if you're familiar with the TV show or from prior movies, you have the Angels, who are yeah. the three main characters, and you've got a character named Bosley, who's kind of like the Angels boss, and then there's somebody named Charlie who actually controls everything from this. Mm -hmm. Patrick Stewart plays one of the Bosleys, and he, John. John Bosley, and he's going to retire. 
And so they have a retirement party for him. And this this little scene here kind of reminded me a lot of the Kingsmen. When an agent dies in the Kingsmen, they all get together. There's holograms and they all mm-hmm. toast. Yeah. Well, here, instead of holograms, they had these video clips of other Bosleys toasting this Bosley and wishing him farewell. Yeah. So once again, something you've seen in another spy movie. And again, they're showing all these images and clips from the past like they did in Honor Majesty's Secret Service yep, absolutely. when they were introducing George Lazenby as the new Bond they had for consistency through the martini glass showing uh, Dr. No from Russia with Love Goldfinger clips Thunderball uh, yeah, now the, um, the important part of that though twice. is if you didn't know those other movies it wouldn't have affected your viewing of On Her Majesty's Secret Service. If you didn't know the other Charlie's Angel stuff, seeing those those things wouldn't necessarily impact your viewing of it. So the person like you and I who saw the TV series yeah, have a different feel than somebody who may not have. Just saying that uh, for the producers and directors and everything else involved, everyone else involved in this thing, uh, this stuff's been done before. That, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> I, I have a feeling I'm going to hear a theme from you on that. Yeah. Now, and, and 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 where does it open up? It opens up in Rio de Janeiro. But where do the angels travel? Exotic places? Uh, no. Why would they go to? No, they do. They go to Istanbul. <laughs> Who went to Istanbul? I mean, from Russia with love is in Istanbul. There's a lot of stuff in Istanbul. Where else did they go? Rio de Janeiro, Istanbul, Hamburg, Berlin. Yeah, yeah. They're not in Chicago. Uh, you know, right. they're not in Peoria, Illinois. No, they're. They're going to exotic places just like every other spy went. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> All right, so another thing that is a tie-back to the TV series is you see a uh, speakerphone and or a box, yeah. the speakerphone, yeah. and you've got Charlie's voice coming out. So remember that the angels report to Bosley, Bosley reports to Charlie, and you never see Charlie's face. It's only a voice... What? That's coming out of the speakerphone. Now, there's a twist at the end around the girl power stuff. I'm not going to give that away, but that's another tie back to the original show. Now, in the original show, they also had some pretty cheesy dialogue. And boy, this film. They replicated They it. had a lot of that. I mean, you've got a scene where somebody's getting chased and there's, there's gunfire and they're like, oh my God, you're not a waitress. Right, you know. Oh yeah. Right. You know, and is that a tank? They're shooting at us. I'm like, they they leave a restaurant where the one girl thought you know one of the angels was playing a waitress, right. and it's like, come on. Or or the other one, and the one that just really slayed me was, you had a person in my Louis the Fourteenth. What is wrong with you? Yeah. That doesn't sound like there a quip a kind of a thing you'd get out of some no. of the other things. That sounded like a Bobcat Goldthwait line. Their quips failed. Yeah. miserably they, they were and, and actually they weren't delivered all that well either i mean they, they're written poorly and and delivered poorly in many cases but of course there's the mandatory car chase scene and the car the the bad guy's car it's got the mounted machine gun and kind of looks like a tommy not gun. exactly cool. as as uh, as much finesse as bonds as Q's stuff for bond but of course they had to have this built-in machine gun thing chasing him i actually thought that was kind of cool yeah after he unloads a thousand rounds he finally hits a window of the car 
I mean, <laughs> I mean <laughs> well, he's not aiming; he's driving. But the same stuff happens in Bond too, so I'm going to yeah. let that go. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and in these car scenes, car chase scenes, first they've got some pretty high-powered cars. They've got some high-end uh, Audis. They've got Lamborghinis in there. Uh, the, Amber- yeah. the Lamborghini ends up in the river. Uh, let's see, where did we just see that? Yeah, uh, yeah, the car chase scene that lands that in the river. Inspector, uh, wasn't that? Yeah, yeah. Ex- exactly. Oh, so, another thing we've seen in other movies, yeah. but that's okay. That's okay. Now, another kind of whole area that spy movies tend to have are gadgets. Yeah. And the first gadget we actually see is this camera lens mounted to a cell phone. Sabina, who's the character played by uh, Kristen Stewart, uh, she has this thing on her, her on her mobile phone, and those things actually exist. You could you can get those today. So that's mm. not a really high tech gadget, but it's really kind of the the first thing. But when we think about gadgets in um, in Mission Impossible, you had Jack as the uh, uh, the Q type character from the Bond movies. You've got Q characters from the Bond movies. You've got the the person who kind of introduces the gadgets to the spies and. And in this case, it's a guy they call the saint. And this guy does more than just the gadgets. He rubs their back. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he has a lot of talents. Yes. <laughs> and uh, he cooks. But he, he's um, a cute type guy. Yeah. But he does. He cooks. He, he's a masseuse. He's, he's, yeah. he's everything. He's everything for, the, for these women. Yeah. Right? So um, the, the gadgets in this movie aren't numerous, though. There's only a few of them that they use. Um, there's the gun that we just talked about in the, in the car chase scene. We have one scene where Sabina uses peel-off fingerprints. Dan, where have we seen that before? Oh, yeah, peel-off fingerprints. Now, this is unique. This is something the first time you've ever seen in a movie. Is God, the, you're cynical about they this were, I mean, this was incredible in Charlie's Angels here. A peel-off fingerprint, which is, I mean, come on. Oh, wait. Diamonds are forever. They use that. Uh, what year was that? 1971? Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. All right. So it's several decades later, 50 years later, whatever. And, oh, I, I got an idea. Hey, but I bet, at, at, you know, when you went to Spyscape, you know, I bet you saw stuff that were still being used today that were used 50 years ago. Yeah, that, that's good. But, you know, we're, we're supposed to be entertained here in a movie and uh okay all right i'm gonna back off a little bit on all this stuff yeah, thank, because thank i'm you. gonna ease up because there because the because purpo- there were a couple of parts that were good well and the the other thing is part of what we're trying to do in our podcasts are point out these similarities all of these spy movies have stuff they've and i'll put in quotes borrowed from other movies well right? this one seems to be the whole movie though <laughs> yeah that's what i'm saying if you've seen spy movies before you've seen this yeah. movie and anyway to that point yeah we have the gadget room right yeah so ga- for those of you who saw the kingsman the closet yeah they call it the closet yeah. the gadget room thing yeah, yeah. oh so uh, Tom, it, are you yeah. going to point something out here? <laughs> yes. So in the Kingsman, right? You have the mo- the room where you go and you get your suit and your shoes and that, and then they have the thing that they open up and yeah. all the, the guns and ammunition and yeah. the gadgets are there. Don't tell me they have one in this movie. They have one in this movie, <laughs> and instead of the nice suit, it's all women's clothing. Yeah, a stylish yeah, women- bras. Yeah, yeah, you know, very they come in handy. Again, it's a girl power thing, so yeah. it's it it's it's appropriate. Right, but uh, again, been there, done that. Right. Yes. <laughs> now there's an assassin in this one, but and his name is Hodak, and he's played by Jonathan Tucker. And to me, 
He had an eerie resemblance to T-1000 in Terminator 2, the character played by Robert Patrick. Right. Whenever we saw him, I mean, he was tatted up in, in Terminator 2. He wasn't, but this character was tatted up, but he had the same kind of expression and the same kind of drive. And throughout, every time we saw him, I kept thinking back to that character in Terminator 2. Yeah. Well, and then it continues. <laughs> <laughs> I love the scene where there's six of these prototypes of the Callisto thing in the vault, in their safe. Right. And they got to get in there. The angels have to get yeah. in there somehow and, and and get these out because they needed to do that. And we're not going to tell you everything that happened in the movie. Go see the movie if you want and uh, and so on. So th- this was a beautiful scene. Tom, Tom will sum up that scene and how unique this particular scene is when when the angels three of them are going in there with elena oh yeah yeah okay yeah yeah Yeah. so this this was definitely another one of those hmm i wonder where they got that idea scene so really tom so so, uh, come on so the three women are dressed identically oh they've got the same wig yeah um the interesting thing to me is their skin tones are different yeah. So the security guards watching on camera, I kind of thought it was a little humorous that yeah, yeah. they didn't catch they that. They go out but of their it, way to show a lot of them from the back. Yeah, yeah. But, but the security guys are trying to figure out which one is this Elena character. And they don't know that it's not the same one. But all of a sudden, Elena's on floor five, then she's on floor two. Yeah. And, and it's like, how is she doing this? And it's they're seeing this thing where it looks like it's the same person in all these different places. Which at I once. thought was unique. No, no one has ever done this kind of thing Exce- in a movie. Except, wait, oh wait, maybe the Thomas, Thomas Crown, Affair Crown Affair with Pierce, Pierce Brosnan. Brosnan. Right? Holy crap! Right, they do the same thing in that movie as well. Yeah. Right? So oh, hmm. um, this and and it was done actually really well in the Thomas Crown Affair, and, and not it made so this well. one look like a little bit more of a low budget yeah. version of it. Yeah. Okay, so it's mere coincidence. <laughs> now, another another thing that I thought was kind of coincidental was the fight scene in the bathroom stall. Oh, yeah. yeah. So there's, there's a fight scene in the bathroom stall. And I was thinking, okay, where have we seen fight scenes in spy movies before? Well, or really well, other movies? Nowhere, Tom. This well, is unique stuff they're coming up with let's here. see. Mission Impossible Fallout had an amazing oh, one. Oh, yeah. Although that used more of the bathroom. This was the interesting thing about this was this was just a stall. It was just in the stall. So, so, Aust- so there's an Austin Powers where there's kind of like that. But you've also Casino got, Royale. You have Casino uh, you Royale. Got a little, yeah, yeah, big bathroom scene there. But yeah. this one was just a stall. Yeah. So, so that part was unique. And then, <laughs> then you've got, I mean, Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun Li in 2009. You've got True Lies. There's a there's a, a fight uh, in the bathroom. The Matrix has this. The Man from Nowhere. Terminator Three. So, Heck, even the B movie in 2007, that animated movie, has a fight scene in a bathroom. Yeah, and we met the director of that movie. That's right. Yeah, we went to his wedding. Actually. Yeah, we went to his wedding. And so, I, what you're saying here, Tom, is they came up with something unique. Yeah, well, I guess their twist was it was only in the stall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretty soon it'll be only in the urinal or something. I, I, you know, I don't know. This is okay. All right. So the movie continues. Well, wait, wait, wait. We're talking about a fight scene in the bathroom. There's other fight scenes in this movie that we've seen before. Yes. Right. You've got. There's a million fight scenes in this movie. Yeah, you've got. Um, them running on top of equipment and jumping from a piece of equipment to a piece of equipment yes. outside. Let's see, where might we have seen? Yeah, they're that? in a they're in a stone quarry. Yeah, 
and they're jumping from one scaffolding kind of thing or crane kind of thing to another geez i don't know i had to really think hard on this I'm one thinking there might have been a bond with that there might have been a bond movie like that <laughs> in 2006 uh okay so there you go yeah and then and then what Oh, then, then, then they're, they're, they're on a conve- they're fighting on a conveyor belt that delivers rocks big that are going to get ch- ch- crunched into up. a cruncher into a crusher, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, and then boom, they're falling. Of course, they fall into the crusher. And where have we seen something like that before? I'm not, I'm not sure, Dario. Where have we seen yeah. that before? Oh, Dario dies. Wait a minute. In License to License Kill. License to Kill. All right. So, you know, that was 1989. <laughs> so, been there, done that, seen it before. Okay. We're uh, rolling. Yeah. So there's other uses of cameos. We talk, I talked about cameos before. I forgot to bring, bring this up. At the end of the movie, they're training Elena for stuff, and they've got some cameos in there that I actually kind of liked. They had um, very strong women, yeah, real-life women, in teaching Elena stuff. And so look quickly. I'm not going to spoil it for yes, you, but yeah, right, right, they're right. in there. And that, that I actually thought kinda, that, was, that was kind of fun. I actually kind of there, there were that. a couple of scenes in the movie where it was kind of fun, and, and and you know the 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 racetrack. There's a scene with a racetrack uh, that was kind of fun. Yeah, and I, I think there was a, a couple of things like that where you thought, okay, it's kind of fun, and it was amusing for about five minutes. And uh, so yeah, I'm giving him credit for that. And we see a death where somebody gets impaled. Oh, nice oh, oh, yeah, Tom. <laughs> uh, not only are they taking, uh, well, the not, themes are they uh, uh, adopting uh, scenes from other movies? <sighs> yeah, this guy gets thrown off a balcony and he lands on a table with ice sculpture things or something, and one of them is a big kind of horn or a pointy thing. A pointy thing. <laughs> he gets impaled on that. Hmm. And wait a minute. What's the line? She says he got the point. Oh, like in Thunderbolt. Now that Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Holy God, yes. Wait a minute. I was thinking this was unique. No, Thunderball when he shoots Vargas, right? Vargas, I think. Yeah. Right. With the spear gun. Yep. He says, I think he got the point. Yeah. <sighs> so he, so it's not even just the, the scenes, direct the dialogues getting line. Getting getting paid homage to. All right, so uh, we're going to kind of wrap up kind of talking about these similarities in these movies right now. Our goal here is to kind of give you a quick hit. Obviously, this was not Dan and mine's favorite movie, but I will also say we weren't, I don't think we were the target audience. Dan and I are a couple of middle-aged gentlemen that that were around who saw the TV show and who on the TV show we lived it at the time they called it Jiggle TV. Mm-hmm. And this movie is trying to pull away from that with these characters. And it, it actually does that. And so Elizabeth Banks, who wrote this thing, she sa- there's a quote she has where she says, if this movie doesn't make money, it reinforces a stereotype in Hollywood that men don't go to see women do action movies. Right? And so that's kind of her thoughts. So her thinking, I think, is, you know, I'm not creating this movie for Dan and Tom. And that could be. That's and that fine. Could be. So it'll be interesting to see... You know, when we were in the in the theater, there were six people in it. Yeah, now, total. It, it was a twelve thirty on a Monday matinee show, so I'll give them I'll give them that. And there were six people; four were male, two were female. So, and they were a statistically irrelevant point, but well, okay, whatever. <laughs> All right. So, so it'll be interesting to see if this thing gets legs with 
the teen to mid-20s women. And so we did it. We did a podcast that we called The Spies Who Loathe Me about James Bond. We talked a lot about box office. And the headlines here in November when this Charlie's Angels movie released are talking about how big a flop it is. So on opening weekend, this movie cost $48 million to make. In the U.S., it only opened with $8.3 million. Yeah. With the three lead female characters in this thing. Worldwide gross is 20, $27.6 million. Are we too far removed from the TV show that the TV show fans are going to come and see this? Because they may... Who are the fans of that show? We don't know. I don't know but who's going to come to see this. If we look at more current female-led spy movies and look at the Which box Which I office, think they're trying to capitalize yeah, on. But it's interesting because Red Joan came out. They released it at film festivals. And it really had... I mean, opening weekend for that movie was only $38,000, right? In Anna, which came out in 2019, opening weekend was $3.6 million, so actually worse than what Charlie's Angels did. So you're thinking maybe Elizabeth has a point. But then we move to something like Red Sparrow, which had $16.8 million on opening. Yeah. Atomic Blonde opened with $18.2 million. Yeah, those are good movies. The original Charlie's Angels movies in 2000 and 2003 opened with $40 million gross and $37.6 million gross. So either something big has happened in the last couple of years with this, the putting the female spies in, yeah, or they're just missing the mark. Yeah, I think they're missing the mark. Uh, it's it's fun. They 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 do promote uh, the strong women in this in this film, which is great. It's, mm -hmm. it's all terrific stuff. There's a lot of other similarities that we're not going to tell you about because some of them are major similarities right. that you're going to go, oh yeah, ah uh, holy gee. But we're not going to tell well, you, you that. Might. They're, they're if that, you're but that. if you're listening to this podcast and you're a yeah. younger listener, you might not catch all the nuances or the non nuanced copying that was being done in this film from you've other you've movies. seen some of the other major spy movies in the last 10 years you're right. you're but, gonna you're gonna say oh yeah but if you take either of our daughters who are in their <laughs> mid-20s right yeah. you take either of them they probably don't have the charlie's angels background they probably don't have as thorough of a bond understanding as we do or a mission impossible understanding so they may actually appreciate it maybe yeah okay we'll see <laughs> all right i'm gonna let it go at that all right so anyway that's all we're going to tell you about this movie obviously you could tell tom and i really loved it and uh <laughs> and uh we would highly recommend you think strongly about uh going to see it and and <laughs> but if you're the target audience hey go ahead Have and as we time. and as we go forward and we continue these quick fire episodes that we're creating here we'll keep them going and they're not going to all be this negative right this is just the first one we happen to see we're that just we, being honest yeah. we're just showing you where these things yeah. came from that's and, all. and then, or con that's what we do. We're exactly. looking for connections between these movies and how one impacts another. Just not expecting this, the whole movie. The to whole be movie that. was impacted by everything that happened before it. <laughs> so thanks for joining us as we continue cracking the code of spy movies with our first quick fire episode. This is Tom Pizzato and Dan Silvestri from SpyMovieNavigator.com. Spy movie podcasts, videos, discussions, and more. Please continue to listen to our podcasts and subscribe to our show through your favorite podcast app.